Um, did you see that King Charles has cancer? I did. Lit, lit, lit. Karma. We can have another party. <gasps> I didn't even think about that. And also Trisha Paytas, what if he dies the same day her baby's born, just like the queen? Then she needs to go be investigated. <laughs> she she <laughs> if the dynasty of the royal family keeps dying and being reincarnated into the children of Trisha Paytas, that would be the best thing that has ever possibly happened to anyone. Someone would need to figure out what witchcraft she's doing. And how do I do it too? Yeah. Like, um, she's naming her new baby. Elvis, but I think Presley would be a cuter name. Presley is very cute. I think Elvis is a little, like, okay, granted the current baby's name is Malibu Barbie, but I lo personally love that. So I, I love Malibu Barbie, but I feel like Elvis, like, is old. Like, it feels old, and it feels, like, very gimmicky. Like, I don't, when I think of yeah. Elvis, I don't think of, like, I mean, yeah, I think of Elvis Presley, but I think of, like, a Vegas Elvis. Yeah. I also feel like Elvis is what you'd, like, name, like, a like a senior dog. Yes. Like, you'd be like, this is my chihuahua I adopted from the pound. His name's Elvis. Yeah. Fun fact, my sister almost named Silvio Oscar. Terrible. I Wait, cannot see dog him. in our there, my My aunt had a dog named Oscar. And, like, literally, he'd been alive our entire lives and then, like, died the year that Silvio was born in the belly. And my, my sister was like, maybe I should name him Oscar. And I was like, after no. the dog? No. no. I cannot see Sylvie being an Oscar. No, he's a Sylvie. He's a Sylvie. He's a Sylvie. Sometimes I'm like, uh -huh. he could have been Michael. Michael? Yeah, he could have been, like, baby Mikey yeah but then he'd be a basic bitch that's true and he's just not that and that's he's just not that like he'll never get like he'll never have to be in a class where someone else has his name no and that's what we like to see that would be bizarre if that happened yeah what's the dog's name again what dog his dog pasquale pasquale that was their other baby <laughs> name before that they, name is so fun like when they first got together they were like oh if we ever have a baby we'll name it pasquale and then they got a dog and they were like our baby pasquale pasquale i was like if sylvie's name was pasquale weird that'd be insane it's definitely a dog perfect dog name yeah yeah perfect yeah. it's like i'm like i feel like giuseppe would be a funny dog name like any of those old italian names would be funny for a dog Pasquale slays. The other day, my mom was like, if you had a kid, would you name it something Italian? And I was like, well, if I had a kid, I would probably name it Michelangelo because my dad. And then also it's like Italian and it's the Renaissance painter. And if not, yeah. I would name it Raphael because I love that name. And if not, I would name it Sebastian because I love that name. But yeah. then she's like, well, what about a girl? And I didn't want to tell my mom this because I would combine like my mom's childhood nickname with Nick's mom's name. So I, and I think it's oh, cute, cute, but she was like, that's weird. 
I love the name Carmen for a boy, but now keep thinking about that one. I think the bear definitely will cause a lot of children to be named Carmen. Oh, is that something from the bear? The the lead guy's name is Carmen and he goes by Carmi. Oh. Which is so cute. Mm -hmm. But it's still worth keeping it on the list for the Italians. Yeah, Miranda Miranda likes that one. It's cute. That's not what we're here to talk about. No. By the way, I'm Liza. <laughs> I'm Riz. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. And finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. So anyways. <laughs> anyway, so. What are we here to talk about? Young adult fiction. Again. Again. And probably the- probably again. Yeah. And we'll probably. Listen, I love to have a little a little break where we read young adult fiction. Me too. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. It's refreshing. It goes really quick. Also, lately, I'm really into thinking about um, kind of like what I used to read as a kid and how it was a gateway to horror, but also ways that I didn't read YA horror. And now I'm reading YA horror as an adult. I think that YA horror is somewhat new. You think so? Because we definitely had Fear Street. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, and we had these ones that now I can't remember the series, but like if I saw it, I'd be like period. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Children. That was technically horror, I think. But I think the kids these days have a much bigger selection of horror than we did. I think a lot of the things that we were reading were, it definitely was horror, but they weren't calling it that. Yes. Like, the Unwind series. Yes. That's horror. I read a series H2O where the rain is friggin' acid and people get burned up and die. That's horror. That's horror. That's a lot of the dystopian. Yeah. Not all of it, but like, dude, Hunger Games is scary as hell. Yeah. Hunger Games, low-key horror. It's it's more thriller, but it's kind of horror. Which I have to read it again um, for a class I'm taking on death in children's literature. Cool. And I'm excited to see how the teacher spins it because like, yeah, obviously it is death in children's literature, but I'm mm-hmm. curious um, like what that week's lecture is going to be about, you know? Um, my book this week was dystopian. Was yours just regular horror? It was mystery thriller horror. It was more mystery thriller. I think at some point people realized that 
kids could withstand not just um, paranormal horror. Mm -hmm. Because now there's a lot more like slasher for teens. Yeah, definitely. And I think it used to kind of be like, okay, we're only going to present the kids with the type of horror that could never actually happen. Yes. And now they do more of the serial killer ones, which is fun. Um, but never, nevertheless, my book, would, I, um, let me check what year it's from, actually. 2017. And it's called Who Runs the World by Virginia Bergen. I read The Mary Shelley Club by Goldie Moldavsky. I don't know what year it was published. Let me see. It was published. Was it 2020 or 2021? It was 2021. Okay. I feel like the year that YA books were published very much matters. Yeah. I don't think it matters as much with adult fiction for some reason. Sometimes it does. If it's if it's old enough, it does. Mm -hmm. But YA, even more than adult fiction, um, will be on the trends. Yeah. So it makes sense that mine's a little older than yours, I think, because I think we're pretty much out, unfortunately, out of the dystopian era. Yeah. Which is sad. But. It'll come back. I was going to say, it'll be back. Something else horrible will happen. Especially <laughs> Not only that, but also, like, with the new Hunger Games movie that just came out, I feel like people are probably already writing new ones that'll be out in two years. Good. Because I ate them right the fuck up when I was a teen. And I would do it again. And I'd do it again. And I'd do it again. Um, you're so right. Yeah, we need a minute. Because I think we can credit the dystopian movement with 9-11. Sure. That makes sense. And that was like, what, 10 years after the fact? Mm-hmm. 2001 to 2011? Yep. 2011 is when we started seeing a boom. So perhaps 2030, we'll see dystopian return because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Much to think about. Much to think about. Although I don't know, because I think other things hatched from COVID. Like, I think the fungal zombie movement hatched from COVID. I think and a lot so right of movies and slasher books have hatched from COVID because everyone was in their house. And what's, 
if you can't go outside and you're in your house, what's scarier? Someone coming into your house that's that's supposed to be your safe place. That's so true. Yeah. Maybe like a dystopian that specifically focuses on like race and class. Mm-hmm. Or AI. Or AI. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Um. I love fungal horror. Me too. Bring it on. It's coming in a way. It is. And I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because I low-key root for the fungus. There's something I love about the natural world, like reclaiming. And contagion horror be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, also like Planet of the Apes is contagion horror, but then it turns out to be like the apes take over the world and the natural world gets better. So slay that. Um, there's a new Planet of the Apes movie coming out soon too. Slay. We'll have to watch that. What did I just watch? Oh yeah. I just saw Mean Girls on Saturday. How was it? It was pretty stupid, but it was very fun. Oh, good. But it was very stupid, actually. Very stupid, very fun. We'll go with that. Love it, actually. That's great. I just love the first, the original movie so much that I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. And yeah, it's not really good, but it's like you have a great time while you're watching it. I really like Renee Rapp. I love Renee Rapp and she slayed. She's she's kind of amazing. She's stunning. She's such a good singer. She's kind of the Annie of our friend group. Yeah. Annie and Renee Rapp are like the same breed of woman. Yeah. Delicious. No crumbs. I'll eat it right the fuck up. Mm. Um Shall I go first because my book is older? Go ahead. Also, the covers, the more I look at it, the cuter. I mean, it's like a fun cover. You can't like the font has like pictures in it. Cute. It I, just for me, it just looks like pink camouflage, but like Yeah, it does. But then when you look close, there's like a cricket right here. Cute. I like him. And that's so cute. The spine is Here's cool. my main qualm with this book that I want to say before I say anything else. I can't tell. Okay, it's British. Trigger warning, British. Um, and as a result, question mark, of it being trigger warning British, I can't tell if it is very giving, giving very turf or giving the opposite of turf. And I shall elaborate. This book takes place not too far in the future because I get the vibe that like the oldest living women are supposed to be like our age. Like they were born in maybe the late 90s. So what is, it's not too far in the future. Um, And there's been some sort of virus that killed all men. And now there's only women in the society and the men kind of live on like sanctuaries because the ones that do live they're like quarantined 
so that they can't get sick because women can like carry the virus, but they don't die from it. But men do. And then the men are low-key used as like sperm bank, basically, to continue the population. The boy babies are put into the sanctuaries and the girl babies are left to live in the society as normal. The reason I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on when it comes to turf situations is because they refer to the men as XYs, which you would think would then be like, okay, so they're acknowledging that not all men have XY chromosomes. And they're saying that only the XY chromosome men are in the sanctuaries, which period. I don't know where trans women are. I don't know what they're up to. They're not mentioned. And then anytime you would think like a trans man would be mentioned, it's kind of pushed aside and suggested that they're just like masculine women. And lesbianism is also not super talked about. And I get that the book is for teens, but there's so much talk about sexual assaults in the book, which also trigger warning, that I don't really understand if kids are complex enough to understand sexual assault, I don't really understand why they wouldn't be complex enough to understand trans people and lesbians. So that was my biggest thing that like after I finished the book, I was like, hmm, I have feel I don't know about this one. Um, but like, I mean, now you know the plot, like it is an interesting concept. And basically what happens is a girl comes across a boy that has escaped from one of the sanctuaries. And that's sort of, you know, turns everything topsy-turvy and that's the, that's the, that's the plot of the book. But I gave it a five for readability because like I said, like I did, even though I'm like, after I finished it, I was like, I don't think I really liked that book. I was um, wanting to keep, keep seeing what happened next. And here's the thing. I think it's quite hard to DNF a YA book because you're almost like, why would I DNF it when I could just finish it? Whereas sometimes with like adult fiction, you're like, I'd literally rather kill myself than finish this book. And why would I waste my life on reading a book I don't like? Whereas with YA, you're kind of like, this is still kind of fun and delicious. Like, let me eat it up. So that's why I give it a five. May, we'll give it like even like a 5.5. Like I, it was fun to read. Language and style, I gave a six. A lot of the language was stupid. Like it was not great. <laughs> like it was a little bit, it was weird. It was a very mixed bag because some of it was super dumbed down. And I was like, this is kind of irritating me. Um, And like, there's like, it'll be like, she talks in like all caps or like she bolds it. And like, yes, but also it can be a bit cheesy, I think. Um, And then you have to remember it's from the perspective of a 14-year-old girl. So like, of course, the language is going to be 
not great. Like it would be weird if it was. That being said, there's some really good lines in the book that I actually highlighted because they were so good that I'm like, she kind of ate. So like there's one here right at the beginning she goes this person is an unknown kind of person a person who hurts and scares and then asks how you are and I was like did that did that line actually just explain men in the simplest terms but also the most profound way a person who hurts and scares and then asks how you are like, I was like, hello? Like, that one kind of hit me hard. Um, and then the another one was, there is no point trying to tell a horse she lives in a land without wolves. And again, I was just like, she's saying stuff that's just speaking to the feminine experience in such a cool way that, like, you have to hand it to her for that. There was a couple other moments like that that I dog-eared but I clearly undog-eared them and now I'm upset um but yeah just these little bursts of like really thought-provoking um language uh that I was like honestly Virginia you kind of slayed um here's another one I cannot exactly imagine what it must feel like being convinced that you die and then being told that you wouldn't And she says this in relation to like, this is how the boys feel being in the world of women. And so obviously you're supposed to think about it as like, that's how women live today. And that's the thing. That's the other problem I have with these types of books. Like I wrote my whole essay last semester about it in relation to Barbie that like, I don't love the flipping the patriarchy on its head just flipping it opposite trope it's not that fun for me um and this does do a good job of being like yes the women are peaceful like yes they're more connected with nature or yes there's not like as much crime but I'm like I just don't love when it flips to a complete reverse of like I get that it's supposed to make you be like "Ooh, this is what would happen if women did what men do but like it's just not it's not really fun for me um I will say like I, I'm kind of confused because I feel like there's a lot of books that do this sort of dystopia where all the men die and I think it's interesting like I think it should be studied psychologically about why that's something that we uh are interested in I think there's one book that's called um, that I read a long time ago when I was younger called the I think it's called the knife of never letting go or something like that. and they made a movie of it and Tom Holland was in it and it's basically the same plot as this and then there's the book you read Manhunt which sounds like a slay version of this because it is about trans women um and then there is one book where all the women are dead instead of the men which bleak um but yeah I just kind of am like what's going on with this like 
let's let's figure out what's going on here. Um, say you're peace queen. You looked like you were, you had an idea. There's something about the the flipping of the patriarchy thing where I'm like, but women, but women can't make men threatened in that in that way. And that's why I'm like, I don't know why people keep doing that. No, because it it like, just like even like if you look at the Barbie movie, like not to be this person, but there was nothing wrong with Barbie Land. There was nothing wrong with Barbie Land. Like, and that's why it's funny. But it's also just like, I also just don't think, I maybe I'm naive, but I don't think if women ruled the world, it would even resemble patriarch, capitalist patriarchy in the slightest. No. And like, how do but you... I just... Right. And like, of course men also get assaulted and raped by women of course but like yes how do you create a world where that happens every couple of minutes where women are in charge like it's right. not... women can't threaten men the way that men threaten women they just can't it's just not in our we just don't do it right so it's like a, it's a weird it's a weird thought experiment that people like to do quite often. Mm-hmm. But and it, I just am works. curious about it. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, hmm? No, I agree. Yeah. There is another line that I thought was good that was really real and she said clothes or towels wouldn't really stop anyone from doing something so incredibly dreadful would they they wouldn't even slow anyone down for long would they and slowing down isn't the same as stopping. How could anyone have so little self-control? And it's because the grandma's telling her, like, you can't walk around naked or in your towel because the boy could do something bad. And she's like, well, why wouldn't he do something bad? What's the difference between me being naked versus me wearing clothes? And I said, period. Um, Like, clothes or towels wouldn't really stop anyone from doing something so incredibly dreadful, would they? But, like, in our society, like, we're told that they do. Like, even when you're, like, this would be profound for a teenage girl to read, I'm sure. Because, like, it's, like, when you're told you have to cover your shoulders when you're in school or else the boys are going to get distracted and you're, like, what's the difference between me having my shoulder covered or uncovered? Um, And then, like, right after that, she says, things were so messed up that a woman could get blamed for what a man did. Um, A woman could get blamed. They'd say she was too naked, too drunk, too whatever. Um, And that's, like... I think this book is important in some ways because it's like, okay, yeah, if a 14-year-old girl reads this, she's going to be like, period. Like, I see things now that I didn't see before. So I guess that's like one reason for books like this. I don't know. Um, That was language. Form will also give a five. I already talked about that it was kind of, um, some of the form was kind of like a little cheesy or trivial. For shelfworthiness, I also gave this book a five. I don't think anybody really needs to read it. Um, if you really wanted to, it's definitely giving checkout from the library. I don't even know how available this book is in the United States of America because I bought it here in Ireland and it is like very British. Um, it's so British. It's it's Macmillan, which 
we have in the U.S. Um, but I've never seen this in the States. So that's also something to think about. The plot, like I said, it's interesting. Um, I give it a six. I will say it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, you get the vibe that at the end of the book, the little girl is going to, like, grow up and want to, like, bring the boys out of the sanctuaries and, like, reintroduce them to society because, like, they've kind of found a cure for whatever the disease is and, like, create, like, egalitarian structures. But, like, that doesn't happen, obviously. So I'm, like, nothing really is giving in the book. Like, it's just kind of this girl learning about boys and learning about what society, learning about patriarchy. Like, it's like, I don't know. So it, the plot, it's like, it, would we say it's an interesting concept, perhaps? It just doesn't do too much. Also, it's kind of silly goofy because the girls are all doing like science and taking care of animals and being best friends and being kind to each other and sharing and agreeing and making compromises. And then in the sanctuaries, the boys, like all they do is work out and play video games. And I'm like, what are we saying? What sort of gender roles are we promoting? Like, again, I understand we're making fun of the way society is, but I'm like, you're doing a little bit too much reinforcing weird teenage gender roles. So think about that, Miss Virginia. Uh, and last but not least, um, I, I'm gonna give the characterization a five. It's, they feel like, very two-dimensional kids they feel you know how sometimes you read a YA book and you're like if that ain't me like you're like if that ain't me even as cheesy as he is Mr. John Green like who among us was not reading Fault in Our Stars and was like this is everything to me Hazel Grace my woman king Augustus I'm crying my eyes out because he's dead like YA usually has such a way with characterization. It's almost the most important part of the books before plot, before writing. So it's just a little disappointing when you read a YA and you're like, okay, girl, give us nothing. Like, I don't feel attached to these characters at all. I don't really feel like I know them that well other than like how they navigate these specific plot points. Um, I don't really like them. Like none of them were like likable at all. Like they were all kind of annoying and not in a way like in adult fiction, you can have actually annoying characters because it'll be done in a way where you're like, ew, I hate this person, but like they're really freaking well written. Like the reason I hate them so much is because this writer is so talented. Whereas in a book like this, you're just like, for why? And that's my thoughts on Who Runs the World by Virginia Bergen. <laughs> Thanks, Virginia. Nice, nice, Thanks, nice me. try. Nice try. <laughs> Let's start saying that when we don't like a book.
Yeah, nice try. A for nice try. <laughs> you got it published. That's true. You won. Like she sounds familiar. Do I know something else that she's written? Let me look it up. Um. She British as hell. Bitch, she wrote H two O. Okay. Okay. Well, H two O is a slut. We gotta let her have that. We we gotta let her cook. I'm like, why does it sound so familiar? H two O is great. Highly recommend. Everyone go read H two O. Well, I didn't read it when I was young and out of dystopian books to read, but I still think it's good. There's one that comes after H two O apparently called Storm. That's like not part of the series. There's three no, it, it, books. I read all three of them. Oh, girl, two? they have different names in England. Do they? Yes. So XY and Who Runs the World are the same book. And then H2O is the same as the Storm and Rain series in England. Okay. Yeah, and Who Runs the World is called the XY in America. <clears throat> Damn, everyone go read H2O. That's so fucking funny. We were just talking about that. Uh, just kidding. So many people gave it one stars. Maybe it's just me who likes it. Wait, how long ago did you read it? I don't even remember. I had to be like 14 or 15. We'll give you a pass, girl. Like, <laughs> you're fine. The amount of terrible books I read when I was a teen and was like, this this is the best thing I've ever read in my freaking life. Like, yeah, I thought it was cool. You're allowed. It's a fun concept. There's like one point where she just wants to take a bath. And I'm like, yeah, girl. You're like, period, like me every day of my life. (laughs) I feel that. Okay, Slay, let's talk about the Mary Shelley Club. Um, I got this book because it was the $5 cafe deal at one point. And I was like, let's just see if I like it. Well, I finally got around to reading it. I actually really liked it. Um, So pretty much there's a new girl at school and she kind of starts being taken into this secret club called the Mary Shelley Club. And what they do is each member of the club gets to put on a fear test. So they pick someone from their school or whatever that they want to scare and they set up this whole thing to make that person scared and they have to scream and it's a whole thing and they go through and they all have to scare someone. That's pretty much the plot of the book, except that the new girl, Rachel, main character, she had a home invasion last year. And now she thinks that, um, one of the people who were a part of the home invasion is like coming back to get her and is kind of ruining their fear tests. Um, super fun, super interesting. They're all like weirdo kids who like horror movies, except most of them are rich, but that's besides the point. Um, some people just get lucky that way. So for readability, I gave it a seven. I actually really liked it. I liked seeing 
who they would pick and what their fear test would look like and all that. Um, and it's a fun concept and it's mystery. And it's also like, I don't know, nice that they're hanging out as a group being friends. I, I kind of like those quiet moments of books sometimes. Um, for language and style, I gave it a six. It like they do feel like high schoolers. They do talk like high schoolers. There were so many times that I was like, I don't understand why she wouldn't just blank. And then I had to be like, no, she's a high schooler. Of course not. Um, so six for language and style. I can't really think of any like pieces of language that really stood out to me or anything like that. Um, so yeah. For form, I omitted it. Nothing interesting with form. Shelf-worthy read again. I gave it a seven. Like I said, lately I've been really into reading like YA horror and kind of thinking about what like what that means for teens of our teens of our now. Um and I wonder like would I if I didn't read dystopian or I guess if I didn't read sci-fi YA, would I be into horror now? Maybe, but I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. Um, and also, like, I just want to have, like, a little shelf of, like, YA horror that I can be like, oh, this is this is for my YA girlies. This is my YA horror, like, found in a cornfield. Um, there's another, uh, Darcy Coates wrote a, a YA horror book that just came out that I heard is phenomenal that I'm going to read soon so yeah seven for that I think it's a fun read if you I think it's a fun read especially because it's mystery it's pretty like baseline um for plot I gave it a 7.5 there are a couple things that I was like that's cheesy that's ridiculous um but it's YA and sometimes when it's in YA it's okay it's good um there's quite a few twists in here. And even when I like thought I knew where it was going, it went somewhere else. And I was like, okay, but that was my option B. Um, so I'm not really mad about that. And then for characterization, I gave it a seven. For the most part, I liked the characters. Um, there were a couple that I found particularly annoying. Even the main character was slightly annoying. But for the most part, I liked them. I liked the dyna the dynamic of the club and the group. And I also liked the people who they brought in from outside of the group into the story. Um, I thought that was all fun and interesting. And I wish I had like some like profound, like this was the YA meaning at the end of the book kind of thing. I didn't have that. <laughs> I just thought it was a fun read. And... Sometimes that's really all you need and that's all you can that's that's all you got and that's okay. And that's that's my tea on that. I kind of love that actually because I feel like too often they're like this needs to have a lesson because it's YA. And like it doesn't. Like I'm sure it did. Like I'm sure I could look at it and be like, oh, it's about like trusting yourself and blah 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 I'm sure I can pull something out of it but like for the most part I'm like no yeah silly it also kind of left off to the point where I'm like I hope that there's a second one I don't think that there will be but it would be cool if there was 
Well, it wasn't written that long ago. Maybe there will be. Maybe. I just feel like Adam Adam Caesar, that guy who wrote uh, Found in the Cornfield, he's like cranking them out every year. I'm getting spoiled with that. Now I feel like <laughs> I know. there's got to be soon, but whatever. Well, that's fun. That book sounds good. It was good. It was a fun mystery. I love that. I will say it did trick me. There was one character who I really liked who turned out to be bad. <gasps> mm-hmm. Hate that, but also kind of love that. I love a plot twist. It tricked me. I was tricked. I was duped. That's good. We Because it's hard to dupe a bitch, especially in YA. Mm-hmm. You know, usually with YA, you're like, I see what you're doing, babe. Like, what's up? I think up? I just had too much hope, you know? I had yeah. a lot of hope. Oh, fun. Good. What are we doing next week? Next week, we're getting dirty. We're getting a little kooky crazy for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. We're reading smut. Yeah, smut. We're we're continuing our Valentine's Day tradition of smut. Smut. It's corn. It's corn. I don't know what I'm reading yet, but it'll probably be magical. It'll probably be face smut. Let's be fucking real. Because that's what I have on the Kindle. We're gonna pick one. You'll get to find out what it is next week. Mm And um, I read Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. I'm probably going to talk about that one because it was a wild crazy. Um, I could also talk about Scarred, but we'll see how we feel. I'll probably talk about Ice Planet Barbarians. I'm so excited to hear about Ice Planet Barbarians. Dude, you have no idea. You have no idea. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. We're, th- it's going to be explicit okay yeah. it's going to be an explicit episode we're, we're going to be dropping the spoilers I'm spilling all the tea I'm telling you every little detail Oof. next week's episode is not safe for work not safe for children and the P and Christy, word- if you're listening do not listen next week. do not listen queen if we say the P word that's on us y'all caught us slipping I hope we don't say the P word. Mm-mm. Who who knows? Maybe we will. Mm-mm. No, Marissa's like, I won't do it. Let me just want to puke. Disgusting. Uh, and this is the season finale. So Yeah. Big big day for us. Big day for us. And then that's my favorite one of my favorite holidays. Mine too. We look Valentine's Day is just like Halloween, but you get presents. Yeah. And because you can still dress up like not in a spooky way, but in a slutty pink way, which is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And instead of being like, ooh, everything's spooky, you're like, oh, everything's in love. Everything's in love. It's like the antithesis of Halloween, but it's also the same. Yes. Like, I feel like Halloween, Valentine's Day, and Pride are all giving something that no other holidays can give. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, we love to see it. Love it. Um, so we'll see you. Bye.